Good morning, church. During the evening of Good Friday, we met and we had our Good Friday worship experience. We spent time reflecting on the scriptures from John and from Matthew. And those scriptures took us from the Last Supper through the garden when Jesus was betrayed. And that betrayal was bought at a price and it was sealed with a kiss. We went through the sentencing at the hands of Pilate, then from the cross to the tomb. And this morning, we can say that the tomb is empty because our Savior has risen from the grave. And you know, while Holy Week is a very somber time, and especially Good Friday is a very sombering evening, the enemy cannot steal our joy because we knew Sunday was coming. Happy Easter, church. Our Lord has risen from the grave and the tomb is empty. Praise the Lord. So clearly, if you're hearing this message, you're unable to join us for our 11 a.m. worship time. But that's okay. Grab your cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and let's settle in and hear the message that God has for us today. And I pray that whatever the message is specifically for each one of us, that God pierces our hearts with it so that it changes our walk forever. This morning's scripture is found in Acts so we're going to be in Acts 10, verse 34 through 43. So I'll give you a minute to flip through your, through your Bible or maybe open your Bible app, but make your way to Acts 10, beginning in verse 34. Now I'm reading from the NIV version, and the, the header for this section in my Bible is called, Gentiles Hear the Good News. So starting in verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the ones who fear Him and does what is right. You know the message that God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witness of everything he did in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So before we get started, let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer on this special, special time of worship. 
Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the salvation and blessings we have been given through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you have loved this world of sinners so much that you gave your Son in our place in order to restore our relationship with you. Help us to live in the gladness and the grace of Easter Sunday every day of our lives. Help us to have hearts of thankfulness and help us to live as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to you. And all God's children said, Amen. So our scripture opens with Peter saying, God doesn't show favoritism. God is not only offering salvation to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Glory to God for loving us Gentiles. For, you know, during ancient Jews, uh, during the ancient Jewish times, Gentiles were nothing more than a pile of dry bones. Gentiles were never allowed to be in the temples. They were never allowed anywhere where a Jewish feast was hosted or anything like that. It was so bad that if a Jewish man or woman was ever in the home of a Gentile, they would be considered unclean and never allowed back in the temple. That's pretty strict. But Jesus died for us all. Well, I mean, for some of us, that's a, well, duh, moment. But keep in mind, for the ancient Jews, Gentiles were never going to be clean enough to be in the temple, much less in the presence of God. The blood of Jesus washed us all clean through the forgiveness of our sins. The forgiveness of the cross brought our dry bones to life. You know, Peter speaks of death and resurrection of Jesus, but he reminds all that we are to testify to the world of our risen Savior. In other words, Peter was telling them, go tell the Gentiles about Jesus and the sacrifice he made in order to bring the Gentiles, us, into the presence of God. You know, Peter says to, that Jesus is the judge who is coming. But he was also judged in our place. And he received our death sentence. When Jesus said, it is finished, the veil was torn and dry bones came to life. In verse 43, it says that all prophets bear witness. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness in his name. You know, we always read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We have to remember that gospel means good news. And Peter is telling the Jews to go tell the good news that we receive the gift of forgiveness through the cross by our faith and we serve a risen Savior. You know, a few years ago, I was sitting in Holy Week and, and I, I couldn't even imagine the emotions and everything that was going on. But as I began to just sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit, this is the message that, that God gave me. And it's called, The Silence Must Be Deafening. I can't, you know, I think about all of those who witnessed Jesus healing people and the miracles and all that He did, and then they see what is being done to Him. 
And all they can do is sit in silence. But that silence, it had to have been just deafening to them. So hear this message that the Lord gave me a couple years ago about the silence is deafening. I can't imagine the day of the crucifixion. I can't imagine the time between noon and three. I can't imagine the earth covered in darkness as the prophecy hung on a wooden cross. The silence must have been deafening. I can't imagine the emotion of Mary as the darkness came. I can't imagine the pain and the anger and the strength she, she held as her eyes looked up at her baby boy. I can't imagine the burden of her own cross that she carried all the way through her son's life. The silence must have been deafening. I can't imagine Mary watching her son's body being lowered from the cross. I can't imagine the numbness she felt as his body was carried to the tomb. I can't imagine the selfishness that she must have been fighting back when all she wanted to do was to hold the body of her baby boy one more time. The silence must have been deafening. I can't imagine the disciples sitting quietly together wondering what do they do now. I can't imagine the amount of emotions that was wrapped in the memories that were replaying in their minds of what was, not knowing what will be. I can't imagine any of this without feeling as if the silence around me is deafening. You know, the world is filled with many noises, those that produce good memories and bad memories. But I always find myself trying to step out of the noise, especially during Holy Week. You see, sometimes the silence is so deafening because the noise of the world is so distracting. I need to step out of the noise of the world and be in the silence, be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, to be still and know that He is still God and He is still in control. The silence I'm speaking of is the silence where we, can, where we can't hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us because the world is too loud. When the silence is deafening, I must step back. I must turn off my physical ears and turn on my spiritual ears to receive clarity and discernment and guidance. And that comes from sitting in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and receiving His Word. You see, I pray that you step out of the noise of the world and you find time to sit in the silence as you take time to reflect because we do serve a risen Savior and the tomb is empty. Word of God, speak because these dry bones are listening. The testimony of Jesus is unstoppable. Herod couldn't kill him. Caiaphas couldn't silence him. Satan couldn't tempt him. Death could not smother him. The Pharisees, they couldn't stand him. Pilate couldn't find fault in him. The grave couldn't hold him. But dry bones answer to him. My question this morning, church, are we still dry bones? Are we distracted by the noise of the world? Or are we walking this life out as billboards, living billboards, displaying the testimony of a risen Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's lift our hearts to the Lord. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, it's by your stripes we're healed. It's by your sacrifice we're saved. Upon your return, may we be raised to a new life in eternity with you forever. We pray that your living water quenches our dry bones so we never thirst again. 
And now we pray with one voice, the way you taught your disciples so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. And all God's children said, Amen. Church, please know that I am praying for you as we go through the spiritual journey together, week by week. I pray that this year gives us many experiences to be in God's presence as we strive to be His hands and feet to a hurting world. But most importantly, I pray that our dry bones are brought to life through the living water when we humble our hearts to obey the will of our risen Savior. So until next time, always remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.